Can God change your life in the next 30 minutes? I believe you're watching right now because God has something special for you. Join me for Jewish Voice and you'll discover how Bible prophecy is coming to pass before our very eyes and why you need to stand with Israel. You can play a role in God's end time plan. Find out how on Jewish Voice. Shalom and welcome to Jewish Voice, where we help you to understand the Jewish roots of your Christian faith, Bible prophecy, and why you should stand with Israel. I'm Rabbi Jonathan Burnus, and today a dear friend is back in the studio, Dr. Michael Brown, and he's been doing a fascinating study. I think you'll find it fascinating, too. The Tale of Two Rabbis. Now, that's not the name of the book, but it's really the story of two rabbis. One you know, one you probably don't know, but he has a fascinating story, a rabbi from Brooklyn, who Michael was probably the uh, most prominent rabbi of our generation. Would you say that? Yeah, maybe the most influential Jewish leader of the 20th century. Uh, he stayed in, in, in Brooklyn, basically. He, he never went to Israel. He was, he was from Russia, Ukraine area, born there, then fled persecution and ultimately came to the States. And it was a, a group, a Hasidic group, so ultra-Orthodox Jews with particular mystical beliefs. But one of them, they, they believe in their grand rabbi, they call him the Rebbe. He's like the miracle worker and the bridge for them to God and so on. And there are communities like this, a number of different Hasidic communities with their Rebbe's and maybe 10,000 here or 20,000 here. They were a small community in Brooklyn. But he, a huge movement overall and a very ultra-Orthodox. So if you've seen Jewish people with black uh, coats and hats and the side locks, the payas, uh, they look like they're out of the 17th or 18th century. Orthodox Jews, yeah. these are Hasidic Jews, ultra-Orthodox, but they've made a huge impact and this rabbi He's made a huge key. impact outside of the Jewish community as well. And what happened was that for most of these communities, totally insular, and small, you know, big families, uh, but you know, maybe the biggest in the world may have been 200,000 people, something like that. Well, he began to lead this, and he felt we need to reach out, we need to reach out, we need to reach Jews who are not religious Jews, and we need to even educate the world about certain biblical principles and things like that. So this movement starts, it starts to grow when he's in his 60s to really take off with educational centers and so on. It is now called the most influential Jewish movement in the world. And, and I remember as a new believer being brought to Brooklyn to meet with their rabbis, and they would try to argue against what I believe. That's part of what got me into learning Hebrew and getting a doctorate in Semitic studies and debating rabbis, is these guys presented strong arguments for me. But then they would tell me about the Rebbe and the miracles and the stories, and anyone who's ever come and spoken to him in any language, he speaks the language fluently, and mathematicians and scientists come to him with problems, and Israeli prime ministers come, and, and even the, you know, the government, the United States government recognizes birthday and all, all this stuff about him. And, and, and the belief began to rise as he got older. He died in 1994 at the age of 92. But as he got older, they began to say, wait, wait, we believe he's Mashiach. He's the Messiah. He's been saying Mashiach is near, Mashiach, Messiah is near. It, they became obsessed with bringing in the Messiah. And, and, he's, and they began to say, we think he's the Messiah. We want Mashiach now. They would sing that to him. Then he has a stroke. Then another stroke. He can't speak. And they begin to say, Isaiah 53, it's a prophecy about the Rebbe, that like a sheep before the slaughter, he's dumb, he can't speak. 
And they said, because he's a Messiah, he won't die. And I said, I know what's going to happen. He's going to die. And when he dies, they're going to say, he's so righteous, his death pays for the sins of the generation. That's a Jewish belief, that the death of the righteous pays for the sins of the generation. And then they're going to say he's going to rise from the dead. And sure enough, that's what began to happen. So, Mike, the belief in, is that a common belief within Judaism that, first of all, an expectation of a coming Messiah and that he'll rise from the dead? Yes, that there's an expectation of a coming Messiah. And some strains of Judaism believe in two Messiahs. Messiah, son of Joseph, <coughs> will fight the wars of the Lord. And this Messiah, son of Joseph, will then die and, and be raised by, by Messiah, son of David. And the Messiah, son of David, will rule and reign. But there's, there's been no belief in Judaism that says the Messiah, so Messiah, son of David, the Messiah, will die before completing his mission and then rise from the dead. So when the followers of the Rebbe began to say this, there were critics saying, wait a second, that's like Christianity. That's like what Jews for Jesus believe, that the Messiah dies and then he's going to rise from the dead and come again and fulfill his mission. And I was one of those saying, hey, over here, isn't this interesting? Look at these parallels. Well, here's what's Because there's another rabbi. Yeah. And he did rise. And he did rise. He did rise. Dead. Yeah. And, and so historians have looked at this and they've said, you know, there's a parallel between this movement and the early Messianic Jewish Christian movement, because both expected that their leader was going to do certain things. They were both disappointed when he died, but then they rationalized by saying, well, he rose from the dead. Well, that's not what the followers of the Rebbe did. To this day, there are followers of the Rebbe who said he didn't die. He didn't die. That was just a test for our eyes. Or he's spiritually with us. He's, he's somehow spiritually present. They were all expecting he's going to rise. He didn't. Many have just gone on with life, said he was the greatest leader of the generation. Let's follow his teaching and, and pray for the coming of the Messiah. Others, all over Israel, all over Brooklyn, big campaigns, they're still proclaiming him as the Messiah, but they either deny his death or they say he's with us spiritually. None of them say we saw him rise from the 25 dead. 25 years later. That, that's, they, oh, they, they still fervent. believe he's the Messiah. They're devoted. Listen, I know that many of you really have an interest in, uh, in, in Jewish things, in, uh, and this you have to be very careful with, Jewish mysticism, Jewish teaching, uh, the Talmud. There's some really good stuff. You just have to be very careful. But this is fascinating to me. Yeah. A movement that paralleled the messianic movement of the first century, but a very different outcome oh, yeah. for a very different rabbi. Fundamentally, totally different. And here's bottom line. One group is expecting the rabbi, the, the Messiah, is going to rise from the dead, and he doesn't, so they rationalize it away and say he's spiritually present or he didn't die. The others didn't expect their Messiah was going to die. Jesus, Yeshua, he died. They were disconsolate and hopeless, and then he rose from the dead, and everything changed. Dr. Brown has written a great book. I, I, I just love the contrast. Rabbi Schneerson, our Rabbi Yeshua, focusing on the resurrection. I just love the approach. Brooklyn, yeah. Jerusalem. I, I, I was stirred to write this. I had just read another biography of the Rebbe, and it was 25 years since he died, and I felt God move on me, write a book, that contrast, the rabbi who rose versus the one who did. Rabbi Schneerson was an amazing leader. I don't see anything negative about him in the book. He was an amazing, influential leader. But it's not derogatory to say, but he couldn't conquer death. 
only one rabbi conquered death. And, and after I felt to write the book, within 24 hours, I received an unusual supernatural confirmation. It, it got my attention. And as I was putting it together, I thought, I, need, I want to enrich my Christian readers here. And it's a great tool to give to a Jewish person. You've got a Jewish friend, give them the book. It'll fascinate them. And I believe we're going to even reach followers of Rabbi Sneerson. But for a Christian reader, I, I, I wanted them to get the whole journey. I go into the Jewish teaching on the suffering Messiah from Jewish tradition and oh, the wow. Bible and then open up this from there. This is so important if you want to get a, a, a better hold on the Jewish roots of your faith. Yeah, so this we is... open up fascinating traditions and then why we believe in a resurrected Messiah based on scripture. And then I have a chapter about the divine Messiah because some of the Rebbe's followers actually prayed to him and said he was God incarnate and people said it's blasphemous. They say, well, what about the angel of the Lord in the Bible? Who is this one that, that in, in Genesis 48, Jacob refers to the God who helped me, the God who redeemed me, the angel. The God, the God, the angel. Who is this angel who's called God? So we open this up. So for the Christian reader, it's one of these journeys of discovery. And, and then the reality of what, what the resurrection actually means and how literally this event, not just the teaching and example of Yeshua, not just the death of Yeshua, but his resurrection, how it is literally the greatest event in and, and that's what was so encouraging about this book, Mike. The rabbi from Brooklyn is fascinating. The rabbi from Galilee transforms lives. He rose from the dead, and that's why we become new creations when we put our faith in him and why we have the promise of eternal life. He rose from the dead. We will be resurrected from the dead. It's a promise. It will so encourage you. I want to get this into your hands. I want to sow it into your life and into the life of your family. And I want you to sow it into the life of a Jewish friend or co-worker. Really, get this book. We have some other resources we want to get into your hands. A beautiful painting also, if you'll stand with this ministry in partnership on a monthly basis and help us to reach Jewish people that need to hear the good news of their Messiah. You can be part of the greatest blessing that a Jewish person can receive. We'll be right back. Has there been more than one Messiah? Is there a chance the Messiah was here on earth and we didn't even know who he was? Respected author and speaker, Dr. Michael Brown, explores these questions in his latest book entitled, Resurrection. This important new book will take you through a story of intrigue as Dr. Brown unlocks the mystery of how an influential rabbi from Brooklyn could have been directly connected to Jesus himself. You'll receive your copy of Resurrection as you support Jewish Voice Ministries with a one-time gift today of $40 or more. As a way to say thank you for your support, Jonathan will also include this unique car magnet showing your support for Israel and this beautiful grafted-in mezuzah to place on the doorpost of your home as a symbol of God's protection over your family. Again, all of these resources are included for your one-time gift of support of just $40 or more. Your support will provide the funds needed to continue our clinics in Africa which are transforming lives through medical care and giving us the platform to share the gospel with these precious people. Jonathan is encouraging you to join him as a monthly Shalom partner today. Your continued monthly support is vital in providing the ongoing care and treatment so desperately needed in these communities. 
as you join us with your monthly support of just $30 today. You'll receive the resources already mentioned, and Jonathan will include this beautiful framed picture going up to Jerusalem. This large canvas print of the ancient city of Jerusalem will be a treasured keepsake in your home or office. Join Jonathan today as a Shalom partner and receive all these resources for your ongoing generous support of just $30 a month. Your gift today is changing lives, meeting the physical needs of individuals who so urgently require our help and also making it possible to share the love of Jesus in a very real and personal way. You may not be able to come to Ethiopia, but you can send us and you can save the life of a child. You can turn a mother's hopelessness into hope, despair into joy. Call our 800 number now and let our representative know what level of giving you would like to participate in. Your one-time gift today will be used to bring the gospel of hope to thousands around the world. Please consider joining Jonathan today as a monthly Shalom partner. Your ongoing partnership with Jonathan of just $30 a month would be greatly appreciated. If you prefer, you can always choose to give online at jewishvoice.tv, or you can also donate by mailing your gift to the address on the screen. Thank you for your generous support of Jewish Voice and for making a difference in so many lives through your sacrifice. Now let's rejoin Jonathan and Dr. Michael Brown. Welcome back, Dr. Michael Brown is my guest, and we're having a fascinating discussion of two rabbis, a prominent Jewish rabbi, probably the most influential Jewish leader of our time, and the greatest rabbi of all time, Jesus, Yeshua the Messiah. Both of us were impacted by the life of Rabbi Menachem Schneerson. Uh, I mean, I heard him teach when I was in high school, uh, and then in college, uh, but the greater impact was the one who rose from the dead. Yeah. The very people but that, that the Jews say is not our Messiah, in fact, is not only our Messiah, Mike, but the savior of the world. I'll tell you how Rabbi Schneerson's followers impacted me. I had already come to faith, so I was 16 years old, heroin shooting, LSD using hippie rock drummer, and, and Jesus saves me just in some little church in Queens, New York. My dad says, Michael, I'm glad you're off drugs, but we don't believe this, we're Jews. You need to meet the local rabbi. The local rabbi and I began to talk, and he was conservative rabbi, and I said, Michael, here's the problem. You're a more pious person than I am. If, if we were both Buddhists, you'd be a more pious Buddhist. So you need to meet Jews who are just as spiritual as you are and just as devoted to God as you are, except they're right. So he brings me to meet with Lubavitch Jews, the followers of, of Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson in New York City. So spending time with them is what further provoked me to provide solid answers. And they challenged me to go deeper. And the deeper I went, the more I was convinced, you need Jesus, you need Yeshua, you are lost without him. And, and it's fascinating to watch as, as he died in 1994 and to this day, Many of his followers still proclaiming as the Messiah. You'll see signs all over Israel. Folks that go on tour to Israel with us, you'll see the signs, Baruch Haba, Melech HaMashiach, we welcome you, King Messiah. And, and they're still proclaiming as Messiah, even though he died 25 years ago. Was it, was it a ago. shock for them when he passed away? Total shock, total shock. They, they were expecting that, number one, he's not gonna die, because he's the Messiah, he's not gonna die. And, and they had, in those days, beepers. They're gonna be notified when he rises. Instead, they're notified that he's dead. 
And, and there were people that were actually dancing in the street, his followers, after the announcement of his death because they know he's going to rise, he's going to rise. They were camping out by the gravesite waiting for him to rise. And some of them went into cognitive dissonance and denial. And they said, well, he didn't really die. Well, if you, if you look in the grave, he's not there. Of course, no one would open the grave, you know. And, and well, he's spiritually present with us. And to this day, in, in the main synagogue there in Brooklyn, where you used to pray daily, you, you, they have a chair where you used to sit. And, and they say, here he comes. And he's, it's, but it's all spiritual, all in their heads. Let me ask you a different question. It's so clear when we read the scripture that the Messiah had to be born in Bethlehem. Certainly Israel, the, the land of Israel, plays a key part in the, in the life and death of Messiah. But Rabbi Schneerson lived in Brooklyn. He never even went to Israel. Never went to Israel. And, but they built a house for him in Israel. They built a house that would be the exact replica of the same apartment so that when he revealed himself as Messiah, he would then bring them all over to Israel. That's what they... So that was a theology that when he revealed himself as yeah. Messiah would move to Israel. That's what they believed. Okay. So the, the problem is we can demonstrate from Scripture that Messiah had to come and die and rise before the second temple was destroyed which was in 70 AD. And, and here's what's so fascinating. With all of the myths that have been told, the stories, and, and the, the Rebbe didn't really die, and all these other things, with all of that, they have not constructed the myth that he physically rose from the dead. They have not constructed the myth, they have not hallucinated it, that we sat and ate with him. Why? Because people just don't do that. Mass hallucinations about sitting with dead people, this is something you don't find hardly any in the history of psychology. And yet, with the New Testament, with the believers disconsolate, when, even though Jesus has been telling them, I'm going to die, I'm going to rise. I'm going to be beaten, I'm going to be crucified, I'm going to rise. They don't get it. What does he mean? They, they talk among themselves. What does he mean rise from the dead? We don't get it. So then when he is beaten, when he does die, they're crestfallen. They all, they all depart. Peter denies him. They're, they're, they're depressed. The, the two on the road to Emmaus. We have the account there that we hoped, we thought he was going to be the one to redeem now, Israel. Dr. Brown, they didn't understand that. They didn't get but, it. But the resurrection is absolutely essential in this whole story. Talk about why the resurrection is so critical to our faith. So, so, so here's the thing. If Yeshua just gave great teaching, which he did, and was an amazing example, which he was, and healed the sick, which is beautiful and wonderful. Okay, that's all great, but he said he was dying for our sins. And, and the vindication of his, of his ministry and the proof of his message would be that God raised him from the dead. If he doesn't rise, throw the whole thing out. Right. Okay, his teaching is interesting. If he didn't rise, we'd never hear of him today. We wouldn't even know who he was. And the disciples, they didn't rationalize his resurrection because they were depressed and hopeless. Even the two on the road to Emmaus, they were confused. It's like, we heard reports about him, but we don't know what to make of it. And he says, oh, fools and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Don't you get it? It's because he rose that they were then willing to live for him, to die for him. And you have no disagreement among any of them. They all say he rose because so they the, saw him face to face. So the ultimate credential for the Messiah, which Rabbi, the rabbi from Brooklyn, Rabbi Schneerson, did not fulfill, is physical bodily resurrection God from vindicates the dead. you. God says, you're the one. That only happened with one rabbi. It's our rabbi, Yeshua. Amen. Boy, this should encourage your faith. And you, you go into great detail in your study about this. Uh, this is so important. This is absolutely critical. And you get thrown in the whole story of 
uh, a uh, sect of Judaism that really made a major impact. And you also understand Jewish thought in the time of Yeshua. It's really a fascinating study, Mike. My joy. Michael, you've written a really important book where you contrast this, and you talk about another, a mystical rabbi. Talk about that. Yes, Shabbat Tzvi called the mystical Messiah. What, what's so fascinating about this was not just his personality, this bipolar, either ecstasy or depression, and then breaking Jewish laws and customs, saying, well, we have to bring in the, we, you know, we, we depart from the old, if, you know, bring in the new. Not only that, the fact that he gets this massive following, even learned rabbis followed him, and, and wealthy people followed him, and children were, were gripped and prophesying the Shabbatite Tzvi's the Messiah, and visions, revelations, and all of this, and then when he, he gets the, to the Sultan of Turkey, okay, you're gonna bow down, you're gonna, you're gonna acknowledge me, uh, as, as Messiah and, and Sultan, come on, man, who are you? Ultimately says, convert to Islam or die. He converts to Islam, and then his most devout followers say, ah, oh, he must be bringing in the final apostasy. He couldn't bring in the final righteousness, so we'll convert to Islam, and, and they're called the Donmeh. They still exist, especially in Turkey today. They still believe in Shabbat Tzvi, wow. and they're Muslims. Two it's, Jews, three opinions, it's crazy. everything but Jesus, but he is the only one that rose from the dead. That's why you've been focusing on the resurrection in this book. And you do it in such an intriguing way, talking about the, uh, the, the old Jewish ideas of two messiahs, lots of Jewish thought in here, an incredible uh, um, historical journey taking us through the life of a very famous rabbi in our day, the most influential uh, Jewish leader of our day but ultimately bringing it back to the resurrection and one that rose from the dead, Jesus. Yeah, there, there's one chapter, the Rebbe did not rise. So as great a leader as he was, as influential as he was, as amazing as he was, as much as his legacy continues and he inspires people, he did not rise. That's one chapter. The next chapter, the rabbi who really rose. And even though I've been following Yeshua now, it's, it's over 48 years now that I've been following him, I had my own faith stirred with this reality. And what is the resurrected Messiah doing today around the world with signs and wonders and miracles as God is shouting, okay, we weren't there to physically see him rise, but we've had him intervene in our lives when we weren't even looking for him. And as I'm speaking, he's revealing himself to Muslims and Hindus and atheists. And I believe also more and more, he's revealing himself to ultra Orthodox Jews. I do too, I'm hearing great stories. This book is such a great mix of Jewish thought and, uh, and both ancient and modern, and it ties together, of course, the, the importance of the resurrection and what God is doing today. This will encourage you. I want to get it into your hands along with some other materials. It's our way of saying thank you for standing with us in partnership as we support the Jewish people through medical care, eye care, dental care. Jewish people in desperate need, but ultimately earn the platform to share the gospel. I want to encourage you, become a monthly partner with Jewish Voice and give Jewish people the greatest blessing that they can receive, their good news of their Messiah. Here's how. Has there been more than one Messiah? Is there a chance the Messiah was here on earth and we didn't even know who he was? Respected author and speaker, Dr. Michael Brown, explores these questions in his latest book entitled, Resurrection, 
This important new book will take you through a story of intrigue as Dr. Brown unlocks the mystery of how an influential rabbi from Brooklyn could have been directly connected to Jesus himself. You'll receive your copy of Resurrection as you support Jewish Voice Ministries with a one-time gift today of $40 or more. As a way to say thank you for your support, Jonathan will also include this unique car magnet showing your support for Israel and this beautiful grafted-in mezuzah to place on the doorpost of your home as a symbol of God's protection over your family. Again, all of these resources are included for your one-time gift of support of just $40 or more. Your support will provide the funds needed to continue our clinics in Africa, which are transforming lives through medical care and giving us the platform to share the gospel with these precious people. Jonathan is encouraging you to join him as a monthly Shalom Partner today. Your continued monthly support is vital in providing the ongoing care and treatment so desperately needed in these communities. As you join us with your monthly support of just $30 today, you'll receive the resources already mentioned, and Jonathan will include this beautiful framed picture going up to Jerusalem. This large canvas print of the ancient city of Jerusalem will be a treasured keepsake in your home or office. Join Jonathan today as a Shalom Partner and receive all these resources for your ongoing generous support of just $30 a month. Your gift today is changing lives, meeting the physical needs of individuals who so urgently require our help and also making it possible to share the love of Jesus in a very real and personal way. You may not be able to come to Ethiopia, but you can send us and you can save the life of a child. You can turn a mother's hopelessness into hope, despair into joy. Call our 800 number now and let our representative know what level of giving you would like to participate in. Your one-time gift today will be used to bring the gospel of hope to thousands around the world. Please consider joining Jonathan today as a monthly Shalom partner. Your ongoing partnership with Jonathan of just $30 a month would be greatly appreciated. If you prefer, you can always choose to give online at jewishvoice.tv, or you can also donate by mailing your gift to the address on the screen. Thank you for your generous support of Jewish Voice and for making a difference in so many lives through your sacrifice. Now let's rejoin Jonathan and Dr. Michael Brown. Dr. Brown, I'm going to ask you to just take a moment to pray for the people that are watching. Yes. We've made a commitment to everyone who writes to us with the prayer need that we are going to diligently pray. We're not going to throw it into the trash bin, but we, we fast and we pray around here. We take prayer seriously, and you matter to us because, more importantly, you matter to God. So will, will you lead us out, Dr. Brown? Father, in the mighty and powerful name of the resurrected Messiah Yeshua, we cry out to you for your precious people in urgent need, in pain, in sickness, in depression, in fear, loved ones who are away from you, people experiencing crisis. Yes, God, Lord. you are the living Lord, God. Lord. We ask you, act, intervene, demonstrate the reality of the resurrection by answering prayer, pray. We cry out to you for every need that's been presented. Hear and answer, Father. Yes, in Yeshua's name we pray. Yeshua's name, in Jesus' amen. name, amen. I'm believing with you. I want to thank my special guest and dear friend, Dr. Michael Brown, for joining us today. 
If you have a prayer need or you'd just like some more information about our ministry, I want you to go to our website. It's jewishvoice.tv. Just one more, jewishvoice.tv. We're also on Facebook and Instagram and everything else. Just know this as I close. God loves you, and so do we. I want to remind you as we finish the program to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Psalm 122.6 says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love thee. You will be blessed as you pray and bless the people of Israel. Until next time, this is Jonathan Burnus with Dr. Michael Brown saying shalom and God bless you.